Good evening, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Goobie and Company broadcast. My name is Jonathan Gooby Smarts. This episode was recorded on Thursday, March 3rd at 5.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. Today I have with us friend of the show and musician Hunter Hart. Hello, Hunter. How's it going today? I'm awesome, John. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had a... Uh, yesterday was my birthday, and so I kind of partied up. Oh 21st birthday. Happy belated birthday. Oh, my Thank God. You. Thank you. Thank you. I just turned 21. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so you can you can legally, like, drink it up now. Like, you can... Yeah. That's crazy. So, wait, you're, uh, you're Canadian, right? Yeah, it's only 18 here. Oh, so. my God. You guys are so lucky. <laughs> oh yeah it's okay it, it's crazy to me because like i've already been able to dr- drink legally for yeah. a year now and the fact that y- yeah you just turned 21 and now you can legal like that's what a what a shocking uh i know you know it feels it feels really strange because i've been able to like smoke cigarettes for three years i don't smoke cigarettes but i've been able to do that for three years and that's like infinitely like off the get-go worse for you than oh, sm- yeah. drinking alcohol and everything but uh yeah i went out to friends with, uh, to a bar last night uh partied up a little bit uh had a uh, great time uh, yeah i'm so glad what was yeah. uh what's your take on the on the bar experience well it was really really fun it was there was like 10 of us uh at the bar and everything yeah. uh and it was it was a great time i tried uh some gin uh a gin drink it had some gin and germaine and it's oh. and i thought i liked gin because i tried some gin at a friend's house uh the night before it was gin and ginger ale and i um i loved it but i tied this gin and germaine and it is wow it was the strongest shit i've ever tasted oh. <laughs> Yeah, I find I really like hard liquor and and just pop. Honestly, like I'll, I'll just mix anything with uh, with cola. Like my my uncles like they call it sacrilegious. They'll just see me putting gin and Pepsi in a cup, and they're like, "That sounds so can... good." It's so good. It's it's so simple, but oh man, and it it just it does the job, you know? Mm-hmm. Like because because like I don't drink beer it just doesn't taste good and and, and like when i'm getting drunk i want to enjoy what i'm drinking exactly you know like i want to have fun i feel like i'm not having fun if i'm not enjoying mm -hmm. what's getting me drunk that's exactly what i was thinking because whenever i went to my friend's place i he had me try beers uh liquors like pretty much anything he owns and Mm -hmm. i could not take more than a sip of the beer even a smell like he had me try a modello and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is this is pee water. This is just pee water. <laughs> it's piss water, bro. <laughs> it's literally piss water. Like that's what I tell people. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... And I worked at the liquor store. Yeah, like, you worked at the liquor store. I did. Yeah, I worked at the liquor store for oh, that was that was the last job I had. Um, I because yeah, when I 
I quit the deli or whatever, and then there's a liquor store that's, like, owned by the guy mm-hmm. who owned the grocery store, and then they were short-staffed, and, like, the manager walked into my mom's place one day and was just like, oh, man, like, really short-staffed, and my mom was like, oh, well, Hunter's unemployed. <laughs> and then I, I got a phone mm-hmm. call, and they're like, hey, do you, do you want to do you want to work here? And I'm like, well, fuck it. Sure. Well, compared to the deli, how do you think the, the liquor store experience uh, compares? Oh, it was a lot better. It was so much better. Like more chill, like more, cause I, I can imagine a deli. Uh, it's, it sounds like, first of all, a grueling job because you're having to do customer service constantly, but like, it feels you're on food and I don't, it feels it, weird to me, you know? It was, it was very strange. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's a very, it's a very um, unique kind of customer service experience because, yeah. like, you don't work with. Because I mean, like, I worked uh, like my first job was the movie theater, and that was, and that was a weird customer service experience because you know, like, you handle popcorn and whatnot, and it's it's mm-hmm. not regular food service. But I mean, like, like you handle cash and whatnot, so you have the regular interaction. But in the deli, there's no there's no money involved. I just handle meat. Mm-hmm. It's just you're 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 the meat dealer, bro. <laughs> For real, mm-hmm. that's what. I, yeah, it was. And then like, and they did like hot food and stuff there too. Mm-hmm. So, like, like I like I was learning how to like, like I learned how to do like rotisserie chickens and, and like I had okay, I had to learn the fastest, most efficient way to cut a chicken and still get like the most meat and what oh, oh that's stressful hurts. bro it, it, it hurts my soul like oh it was so like it was so gross like like that was easily like i think that that was the worst job i ever had because of that like when i worked at boston pizza as the dishwasher mm-hmm. and i fucking suffered two brain injuries you just have brain injuries. What the I, oh, hell? Oh, yeah. Oh, just slipping and just bonking my head on the floor. Um, oh, yeah. shit. Shit. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, just, you know, mild traumatic brain injuries. You get over them. Still, it's just like, honestly, if after the first time I'd slip it, uh, like on a job, I if I was a dishwasher, I'd probably quit immediately. Personally, uh, um, I don't know about you. See, okay, the thing is, I I had actually uh, mm-hmm. I had put in my two weeks notice, and then I was like, uh, well, I kind of need the money, so then I like asked them like, hey, can I like you know rescind that? <laughs> oh, which is a very common thing. I've done it at pretty much every job I've had. Um, but but yeah, you know they 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 give me my job back, and then like twenty five minutes later, I fucking slip, and like that's just twenty five like, minutes. What yeah, the fuck? <laughs> like, like literally, that just felt like the universe punishing me. It was like you should have fucking left. One hundred percent. It's definitely a sign, Hunter. Yeah, and then I stayed for like three more months. <laughs> At least you didn't stay for too much longer than. Yeah. So. I understand you're you're a musician, and I I want to know how long have you been doing that, Hunter? Oh yeah, yeah, I I do I do that. Um, uh, I've been doing that for, well, that's kind of like a, like, do you classify that as like when did I start recording or like just when did I start playing? Like like I guess when did you start playing? I want to I want to know the full uh, story, the full Hunter Hunter um, experience. Uh, okay, I was. Uh, 
I've been playing the guitar since I was I was seven. Um, cause like I come from like a very musical family. Like mm-hmm. my my dad plays, my brother plays, and like my brother, he's got uh like some songs on each of the the Blunt Force Trauma albums and everything. Um, mm. so your brother, your brother's on on the uh, albums as well. Yeah, yeah. Like That's he awesome. he writes and, and he does a lot of his own stuff and and yeah, he's he's very talented, and I'm very happy to. Like sometimes he'll just play a song and I'll just be mm-hmm. like, "And that one's mine." <laughs> so does he help write the music and the lyrics, or kind of how, uh, how does it happen? We just write our, we just write our own songs, um, and then uh, every once in a while, uh, I'll just sit down and like we'll just record like ten of his songs, and then I just kind of go over and like I'll overdub and like I'll add like bass and. Mm-hmm. And just kind of whatever other instruments the song might need, and you know, if there's anything that Dylan doesn't want, you know, we cut it and we, like, ultimately, uh, it's his song, and like, if there's anything that I do that he doesn't want, I'm not gonna put it on there. Yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's fun and it's different because it's like like because it's it's pretty much the same thing that I do with my songs. Like like Dylan doesn't like he doesn't do a whole lot of instrumentation on my songs. Um, I, I'm hoping with uh, what we're working on right now, I want to get him on more like harmonies and stuff, mm-hmm. and and vice versa. I want to be doing more harmonies on his stuff as well, and just have more of like an actual vocal presence. That's uh, awesome. Each of, each of us across yeah. the record, because I think it'd be more interesting. I uh, whenever I listen to your music, I I do like the. It's uh, it's strange because I really like the uh, the way your uh, your vocals are done and everything in your in your songs. It's n- like something I've never heard before, you know. And it really oh. sticks out whenever I listen to it in a good way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of always what I'm going for is is mm-hmm. just that something that you've never heard before, you know. That's that's always the goal. I'm just trying to make something you like, something weird. Something mm-hmm. out of left field. Honestly, that's what music needs to be like. Just like something that is like really strange and weird and just like something that personally like okay i've never heard anything like your music and that's why i like listening to it and everything like recently let me check my spotify because i think you and i were talking about this the other day i was listening to uh see my body uh and i think that one had um hyperbeat the like a sampling of hyperbeat uh, that was uh that was business pleasure beeswax business pleasure beeswax sorry yeah uh it's still my body actually there's okay um it uh like i think it was like mm, summer of 2020 i want to say all of a sudden like like i have a band in the hunter heart project by this point um uh spoilers because i guess we spoilers oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we haven't really uh delved into that yet Mm -hmm. but but yeah, by this point, like I'm, I'm releasing like, like I think this is like around the time Finger Painted came out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, uh, Steal My Body just started getting like, like this is a song from my first album, Dreamer Boy, that I recorded in 2016. I remember when that came out. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I remember when that no, came out. Yeah. Okay, I I want to ask you about that then. Okay, do you do you remember? where you were the daydreamer boy came out i think i do <laughs> i think i do because i remember so i followed you on instagram randomly in 2014 2015 ish i followed one of your accounts and i was thinking I, about it this morning sorry yeah. oh all good i think it was um 
I got so so this is a really funny story. I got into um I guess like this is back when Instagram like meme pages were still fun and cool to have and there's like no money involved. It's just people having fun. And I followed um I think it was somehow I followed one of your friends and I found you through that. I have no idea how. And that's, uh that's how a lot of people found me. It was through um they had one of those like skull trumpet profile pictures. This is when the skull trumpet thing was uh was oh, big. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then I found uh your I think I found grandpa died last week. And but I was wonder, that you? Was that you? Uh, yeah, that yeah, grandpa died yeah. last week. Cause me, I wonder uh the skull trumpet profile picture though. I wonder if you found me through Andrew. I think I did. Yeah, can, is that Canadian AJ? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay, that's so funny because he's the trumpet player on Got Milk. You're it's... kidding me. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so funny. Like, I, like I'm, and I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, uh, okay, like... John and I, like, we've known each other for a long time, but yeah. I, I can't ever... Like, I don't ever remember particularly how... How that came about? I just <laughs> we've just kind of always always I feel like been around you, each other. I've always followed you, and I've always followed people that you knew. Like there's a, uh, I've, I think uh, it was around the time I met uh, some other people uh, that you, that you're friends with. Things like Kylan, Alka. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I follow Kylan on Twitter uh, as well, uh, and I've just like <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I'm just like randomly as like just. I feel like I randomly just am following so many of you and your friends. Everything. I don't know how the hell it happens. Because <laughs> we're like on like two opposite sides of, of this continent and everything. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm in like all the way in Texas and you're all the way in Canada and everything. Yeah, like literally pretty much, yeah. Like almost as, as far away as you can get from each mm-hmm. other. Like, I mean, I'm in what is like typically known as like the Canadian equivalent of Texas, but... So you're like, like you're like uh, the the southern ish. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. The 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 west in Canada is pretty much. Oh the, yeah. The south in the states. Because I think as soon as uh, I remember, I'm remembering a lot of this like stuff uh, that you'd post about on these accounts. And whenever you said that you uh, worked at a movie theater, I was like, I remember that. <laughs> I know it sounds so weird to say. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I like I've been thinking about it and it's like uh, well yeah really there like like people have just kind of watched me grow up yeah <laughs> like it's it's bizarre to think about mm-hmm. like there are there are things that I have done that like I've just kind of like you know I, I didn't really think that anybody else would have mm-hmm. made any note of it but no like that's a thing it's just so strange to me yeah, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy on the internet, you know. Like I'm, I, I just exist in people's cell phones. Like I've never met any of these people, but, but like you know, like Andrew and uh, Kylan in real life, right? Well, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I was just uh, staying with Andrew, uh, mm-hmm. for for that week in 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 Calgary there, yeah. And uh, and that's when y'all um recorded got milk. Well, uh, that was after Squamish, because um, we took this trip to uh, to BC uh, mm-hmm. last summer, um, and then uh, like it, like very early in the recording process of Got Milk, it like kind of forced me to like 
take some time. It was like literally like the first time I had really not had the option to record music in probably like I want to say like a year and a half at that point. Like, I, like just like you could not get me away from like a microphone and mm-hmm. any like there's even phone demos from Squamish and like songs that I wrote and whatnot. Like, like I, I just I couldn't stop, but. Uh, but it really forced me to like sit and like look at what I had recorded at that mm-hmm. point and like think about how to make it better and and that was really cool and and yeah one of the things that I had just really decided on that trip was I was like oh yeah I, and it has to have trumpet I think whenever whenever you re- first released Dreamer Boy uh, I remember I listened to that and I was like I do like this I really like this I forget if I commented because that would have been what twenty you said twenty sixteen right yeah Dreamer Boy was yeah twenty sixteen. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It feels like so yeah. long ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was half a decade. You're like, shitting me! It's like five years, bro. <laughs> but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. like okay, like I, I can still picture myself, uh, recording, "I Want You" in my bathroom, the morning I released "Dreamer Boy" because I didn't like the take that I had, that I was gonna release. Oh wait, so like, like, mm-hmm. like literally at the at the like the final moment, like I have everything uploaded. I'm just doing one final listen, and I'm like, eh, I don't like how this sounds. Hold on, I just grab the mic, sit in the bathroom really quick, record a new take, and I upload it. Like, like I can still picture that moment, like it was yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've. I've done everything that I've. I've literally recorded everything that I've recorded since then. And I, all of that, some of that even feels like it was longer ago than <laughs> Streamer Boy at this point. So what do you think it is about like uh, the recording or like just something about that album and the release of it that makes it stick so much in your memory? Well, maybe it's just because it was the first one that I did. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was just such a like it was it was a very exciting experience for me like like I like I was I was not in a good place mentally like I mm-hmm. I was fourteen you know like yeah like, like the worst time to be alive is when you're fourteen very true <laughs> just like it doesn't matter what's going on you just feel like shit because. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's who you are or maybe that was just me <laughs> um, no no i can i can like definitely <laughs> tell you being 14 sucks sucks so much you're starting high school and everything or these yeah yeah it's it's just a very stressful time and like i had wanted to i'd wanted to make music for like my whole life up to that point like i had been just kind of playing other people's songs and that was really the first time in my life that i had like i like i uh i had written songs in like the sixth yeah. grade and whatnot and like i wish i could find those songs it'd be very fun to show people those because they probably sound terrible maybe but, you can make like um, a mix of all those of all those songs and everything if i ever find even the the paperwork for them i'll, I'll record new versions of them it'd be funny but, that'd be cool uh, <laughs> <laughs> i wrote this song when i was 11 <laughs> it would be it'd be like really nice to see like an evolution like an evolutionary track well yeah that's kind of why i keep all the the dreamer boy and the stuff up mm-hmm. because it's very nice to be able to see my my growth and and whatnot like when i recorded dreamer boy really the guitar was the only instrument that i could play competently and 
And now I'm at a point where I can have an instrument in front of me and not know how to play it and just need it for one song. And then all of a sudden it's on, I think, I think it's on just about every song on Got Milk. Like, like the lap steel. I just, I just had this lap steel in my garage. A lap steel? And What's that? It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's got no frets and you just take like a little, uh, metal thing and you just slide it up the, uh, up the strings and... If it wasn't all the way upstairs in the garage, I would just go grab it. It's a lap I'm looking it up here. I've never seen this before. Whoa. Really? And and they are there. they are fascinating instruments. Um, oh, whoa. How do you... How is it? Oh, my God. The way it's played, it's, it looks like... Um, so it's played on your lap. I'm like, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, wow. Wait, so you just learned how to play that. Yeah, there was, uh, I think it was, I think it was the Daniel Ek Massacre. I just, mm -hmm. I, I needed something to fill it out, but I wasn't really liking any, like, organs or synths or anything for it. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I want a twang. Let me just, let me just try this really quick. And I, I just found, like, the three notes that I needed, and I was like, well, that was easy. Oh, so uh, it wasn't much then, huh? Uh, yeah, cool. and then from, from there, I was just like, oh, well, well, let me just do that on another song. And oh, okay, no, actually, it wasn't Daniel like Massacre. I remember what it was now. Um, it was uh, this is Chainsaw Juggling. Uh, it's track four on uh, on Got Milk. It's it's got the it's got a Mitch Hedberg sample at the beginning of it. Um, I because I, 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 I listened to a lot of Mitch Hedberg stand up when I was a kid. It was very influential on me. Um, but. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I I I had been listening to uh, a lot of uh, the Beatles, um, because the the Let It Be uh, mm -hmm. like super deluxe thing had just come out, um, and I was just thinking about For You Blue a lot, and I really liked the the twang on that because there's a lap steel on that song, and uh, and that was why I learned the lap steel because I wanted something <laughs> like that on my song, and I was like, oh shit, I could I could do that, I could just I could just have that sound. Well, while we're on the topic of music, like musical inspirations, I want to know, like, what, um, where does your musical inspiration come from? Like, where, where do you get your, like, uh, where do you think, like, your sampling ideas come from? Um, because, like I was talking about earlier, uh, I was listening to, um, uh, Business Pleasure Beeswax, and, uh, I, I heard, uh, a sampling of the Hyper Beam sound from, uh, Pokemon Gold, uh, Silver and Crystal, and, I was like, whoa, that was, it was like out of left field. I want to know where the, where does your inspiration for sampling come from? Um, the Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan. Now, I'm gonna admit, I'm not a musical, like musically oriented person. I don't listen to like a lot of music and everything. I just want to know, like, could you explain that? Uh, okay, like the, like, uh, well, the Wu-Tang Clan, like the hip hop group, um, mm -hmm. they sample a lot of, uh, of like karate films and whatnot for for like intros and outros oh. um so it was I, I like i really liked that idea and, and that was really where the basis for all of my my sampling everything because i was like well that's just like because that's just what they watched and that's why they sampled them because they thought it was cool yeah so i'm like why so uh like i i, I sampled uh the twilight zone at uh at the end of uh, a different kind of death, uh, from from is this some kind of joke? Uh, I always go back to that song. It was one of my <laughs> favorite songs uh, from that album. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, 
there's a sample of the Twilight Zone, uh, just the obsolete man, and it's it's just like it's it, because I lo- I just love the Twilight Zone. Like mm-hmm. it, there's really like it fits the song weirdly well. It you know it doesn't really uh, because the, the kind of the cool thing about it to me is like when you uh, it, when you know like where the sample came from and you have that original context and then. Mm-hmm you're able to kind of like look at it and then see like how I've bent it into, uh, into something new. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I, uh, you you know, it rewards the listener a little bit. If you are a weird nerd like me and just, it's like, if if you have like all these really niche interests and everything, cause yeah, (laughs) Because whatever I was listening to, I heard Hyperbeam. I immediately texted you. I was like, where did this come from? Because I know it sounds so familiar because I was playing Crystal the other day. And I was like, and so it was like fresh in my mind and everything. That was really cool oh. what you do with this. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was literally the reason that happened is because I was playing so much Pokemon Crystal in the downtime of the mixing phase mm-hmm. of Got Milk. Like, like once everything was recorded and I was just like, okay, let me you know, add some samples, EQ, whatever, you know, spruce up the album. Uh, I was I was breeding for for shinies in Gen two. Yeah. Because I I learned I I discovered a glitch, where uh, pretty much uh, because the shiny odds are like. Like, you know, they're like one in 8,000 or whatever. Yeah, and like early Gen 2, that, that shit's rare as hell. Yeah, um, if you breed with a shiny parent, they're one in 64. What the, wait, what? Yeah. It, I had no um, idea about that. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, um, because of how, because shiny Pokemon are determined by stats and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the parents pass down the stats... Uh, a parent passes right. down its shiny yeah. stats. Yeah, it's a uh, um, it's IVs uh, has has to be like um, yeah, I think it's D. I think it's like DVs. Oh, DVs. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then there's another glitch where uh, you can basically like get your red Gyarados to turn a Ditto. Like you trade it into Pokemon Yellow, mm-hmm. and then you turn a ditto shiny with it because you get it to copy your stats oh and then then you catch it with the gyarados's dvs so it's Mm -hmm. shiny and then so yeah then you can just make a shiny whatever you want because you have a shiny ditto so yeah i i did all that and then i was breeding for shiny charmanders uh and whatnot and then yeah i just sort of i spiraled and bred everything that's so cool i'm i'm not much of a shiny hunter so i don't uh, grant i don't know much about this i have friends who are shiny hunters and everything they will probably give me all the information <laughs> and they would talk our ears off on it do you know oh uh, what's uh like what what's your main what do, you, what do you get into pokemon for so i get into pokemon because i think it's you know at this point i've been thinking about it because i think it's just kind of tradition it's like something uh, I do with my brother uh, in Sweden uh, and everything. Okay. Yeah. And so he and I have always played Pokemon together and it's always something that we could do. Um, but other than that, like I bought Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl uh, and I bought like the doll pack and I sold one of them to somebody else. And I played, I shit you not, 45 minutes and I haven't touched it since. 
Really? Yeah, because it was just that boring to me. Granted, oh, man. Granted, Shin Megami Tensei Five came out like a week earlier uh, and everything. Okay. Yeah, so SMT5 came out like a, like a week earlier, so I was like... How, how was that? Oh my god. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I really? I've love never played that any of them. you never played a Megaton game at all? No. Ooh, okay. If you uh, if you ever have time, uh, I would suggest uh, starting with... Um, honestly, um, people say to start with 3. If you're willing to get into a Megaton game... Um, like, uh, how do you feel about Persona? Like, it's, it's always a loaded question, you know? Um, people, people. I don't know. Like, I haven't really seen enough of it. Like, I, like uh, I feel like I could probably play it because from what I've seen, it is, like, turn-based combat and whatever. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, uh, you can mash through the text, right? I, w- I mean, I wouldn't, though, because I, like, I, I'm <laughs> playing these games mainly for, uh, I play Persona games for the story. Uh, okay, not, that's yeah. fair. I play them for the story. Uh, Megaton games, though, uh, usually they don't have stories. Usually, it's usually the world you're more interested in. Um, mm. uh, but uh, if you're wanting to get into a Megaton style game, Persona 4 Golden. I know that that shit's going on sale. Uh, kind of option on Steam. Get it on okay. Steam, bro. It is. I haven't finished it. Um, and my friend reminds me every day. I'm not uh, right now. I'm not getting into Persona 4 uh, because. I uh, I like the story of five more than four, and I'm not I'm not digging it. Um, I've gotten to a point where like the the combat has kind of gotten stale. But if you're wanting to get any of those games, uh, I can tell you Persona Four is probably going to be your litmus test whether or not you like it. Noted. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh, I I've been pretty like with video games. Honestly, I. Uh, I've never really been a guy for like the story. I'm I'm like like gameplay? Uh, I'm very much a gameplay guy. I'm very much like a uh, like I like okay. It's weird. I very much like to appreciate the world that game developers make, but I don't want to read about it. I just want to see it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like oh my like, god, uh, wait. Oh, go on. Sorry, I was about to say something. Go on, go on. Go on. Uh, um. I think I lost my thought. <laughs> I, I was just fine. thinking. I was just thinking of games that like uh, that I do really like the world and the story. Like Mother Three, I always go back to Mother Three. It's uh, good choice. I, honestly, like I feel like the the Earthbound Mother Three soundtracks even are like like kind of influential on like mm-hmm. my own music. Even I I like the. Because they have a those games like in particular like I I do feel like not even just the soundtrack but like overall the whole series because it's just such a weird unique take on the RPG style and and I you know I like that a whole lot. There I can tell you for for certain like their soundtracks are and like just their style and their their writing. Oh my god! I I'm thinking back to playing whenever I played Mother Three and I think I was playing it. Back freshman year of high school in 2016, as well. That's when I discovered it, and mm. it it just kind of blew me away. And I'm I'm like, I get why they're not re-releasing it because of the Majipsies, and I feel like it'd just be way too hard for them. Yeah, there there could be a lot of controversy, but I yeah. feel like honestly, it's just like it's just such a good game that I feel like mm. like it's something that everybody should experience. I really, 100%. I really do. Um, there. Uh, I, I've got a fan translation cartridge of it. Uh, I oh, you got a physical. 
Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, uh, okay. you can actually. There's a video of me on the internet. Uh, I went to an anime convention with uh, with Andrew and uh, and Kylan and a couple of our other friends, mm-hmm. and uh, they they had this booth that had Mother Three there, and I I can't remember what the fuck I had bought, but I had spent all my money, and I'm like, fuck, I wish. I had not spent all my money, and they're like, maybe we'll buy it for you, I don't know. And then we're kind of walking around, and we see that there's this uh, waifu wars, where, like, (laughs) you have to, like, Mm -hmm. stand up in a room full of people and, like, defend your waifu, like, like the fictional character that, like, like you love, you know? Um, so, So they're like, hey, Hunter. We'll buy you this Mother 3 if you oh defend my Staria from Overwatch as your waifu. And I had never played Overwatch. I had not seen Zarya. I didn't fucking care. I'm like, you guys are going to buy me Mother 3? Sure. I'll do it. Uh, oh my they show god. Me, they show me one picture of Zarya before I go up. And it's... And it's this fan art, and it's terribly not safe for work. And they're like, she's Russian. Yeah. Have fun. Like, this is all I get to to go up and, and defend this girl as my waifu. Um, and yeah, the video of me defending her does exist. And I almost made it to round two in the waifu wars. It went to oh, a crowd shit. vote. It, it, it's, uh... Like, the girl I was up against, she... Like, her waifu was the girl she was cosplaying as, and she was, like, so into it, and, like, she knew everything. And then there's me, who's just there to, you know... To get a mother three cartridge. Exactly! (laughs) I don't fucking care! And, like, oh, man, the host, like, you can tell she's pissed at me, like... Because I'm just like I I I'm just like half derailing the whole thing because I I don't know what I'm supposed to say <laughs> but yeah that was uh, oh man that was one of the one of the funniest moments I've ever had totally totally worth it to get a mother three one hundred percent like that's that's what I did yeah. to get that video game so if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't played mother three go play mother three trust me guys <laughs> Hunter here had to completely embarrass himself. Not only by going to anime conventions, I go to them as well. I go to them as well. I get it. But also by getting up and having to defend an Overwatch character that he doesn't even know. That was that, bro. I would not have done that. How wait? How long ago was this? Uh, I'm trying to think because this was. I want to say it was like twenty. Was it 2016 or 2017? Oh, so you would have been like uh, 14, uh, 15 then. Oh my god. Yeah, like I, I, I was not very old. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, dude. I would have not done that at your age. I respect that, Hunter. Damn, good for you, bro. Thank you. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted that fucking game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I had played it once, emulated, and it was. Oh, oh god! I guess. I just, oh, oh no! I just admitted to a crime. Oh Nintendo's no, new. dude! I'm gonna get DMCA'd <laughs> by association. <laughs> Dude, don't worry. I pirate all my games. Like pretty much oh, all my you, games you, I can. You have yeah. to at this yeah. point. It's 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 just the morally responsible thing to do. Like 
I um somewhere around here is uh, a hack switch I need to fix up uh everything. I, I need Ooh. to it has a shot um uh charging port and so I need to fix that. And that's that requires oh. micro soldering and everything. That's hell. Yeah, I've really wanted to get into switch modding, but uh like it, so it just uh, it, yeah, it seems like so much work mm. and Maybe like once this, because like, it's looking like there's gonna be a switch two and whatever. Yeah, I would say Maybe, uh, if you can wait a bit. Yeah. But um. Anyway, I'm a musician. Yes. Yeah. We should. We should. We should talk about that because we we never even got to the Hunter Hart story. Literally. Uh. <laughs> for, for like 38 minutes in the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, the, the, see, this is ex- this is exactly the kind of conversation I love having. Let's um, let's hear about it. What are yeah. what do you want to start with that? Um, uh, the beginning, I guess. Like, I feel like we talked about it a little bit with Dreamer Boy, and because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like like I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what we talked about with Dreamer Boy because like we talked about like when I had to do the new take of I want you and like, the, like where were you when dreamer boy mm-hmm. released? Um, uh, I was in high school. I would have been probably in my room scrolling through Instagram. And then I saw the notification from, uh, I don't, I don't know if you posted it on, uh, grandpa died last week or yeah, it would have been, been, it would have been grandpa died last week at that point. Um, grandpa died last week happened May 6th, 2016. That was the day that, uh, I, changed my name to that because it was suck my penis before um, i i followed it when when it was that i remember it, that yeah oh man that oh my was, god uh... wait i know how i found you now i'm sorry i keep doing this i was a nest no, main in high school and i was trying to find other nest mains on instagram and i found i think that's how i also found uh andrew and uh i think kylan by around that time there's also some other people i'm like trying to uh, struggle to remember here Oh, that's so funny. Cause that's yeah, I found it. Andrew. Andrew was giving away uh, Mewtwo on Smash 3DS, and I followed him. And then he was Wait. like, "Oh yeah, I'm like from Calgary," and I'm like, "Oh my god, oh that's like so close to me." That's how I followed him too. No shit. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my god, that's so funny that <laughs> literally Andrew was giving away this fucking code for Smash 3DS, and. Oh my god, what, six years later, we're still in contact with him? Like Six six, six years later, we're, him, him giving away Mewtwo for Smash 3DS has collided you and I to six years later, go on a podcast together. That is for some real. crazy shit. I just went and met his parents a couple of weeks ago. Like That's so sick. That is so cool! Oh my all god! All because of all because of a Mewtwo code, like like the domino effect. Mm-hmm. It's that's surreal. Um, and that yeah, is so cool. Trump, trumpet on Got Milk, like he, he you know, long lasting presence. Mm-hmm. Long lasting presence in the Hunter Heart lore. Oh yeah, been <laughs> at a bunch of my birthdays. Like mm-hmm. formative character in my life. Anyway, um, did not mean to derail, but that, <laughs> there's just such a funny tangent, you know. But no, no, that's so funny, and like I'm always yeah. so curious to to know like my connections to people and whatnot. Yeah, and so how far back they go, but uh, so May 6th is when you change the name, and then that's, yeah, 
So when May did 6, you release? 2016 was so then Dreamer Boy was December 17th, 2016. So so I, like okay, so I I wrote my first song. I wonder is that is this the notebook? This might I don't think this is the notebook. Nope, it's just a notebook that looks like the notebook. Um I don't have it with me. It's somewhere there is my first songwriting notebook. Uh I think it was like May 23rd. It was like the first day, like the first day I ever wrote a song. I like that I still have mm-hmm. that like like, basically, that was, like, the beginning of where we are now. And it was just this really, really bad, like, Neutral Milk Hotel ripoff. That was, like, pretty much the first, like, 15 songs that I wrote. And then I think I wrote Love You Like I Do. And and I was like, oh, well, that's that's not a Neutral Milk Hotel song. That's, like, like I could, like, that that is passable as my own. Holy shit! That's mm-hmm. a whole damn. And then, yeah, from there, I, I wrote uh, pretty much just the rest of the album over the course of like four months. Oh, wow. and then uh, my albums come together very quickly. Um, uh, when I when I was in Calgary, I was talking to this guy who's been working on his album for two years and. And uh, he he told me like he's pretty much like rewritten the entire album like four times and really holy shit yeah I'm like dude at that point I would have just put out four different albums like literally (laughs) if I'm writing a new album and I have all this stuff that I've already recorded I'm like well fuck it I'm just gonna put this out like Mm -hmm. don't just don't just let this sit in the collect dust I worked on this this was hard work um. But yeah, Dreamer Boy. I think uh, I think it was around like I want to say like August or September uh, when I wrote "Love You Like I Do," and then I finished writing the album like the first week of December, and then I recorded because Dreamer Boy was just me and an acoustic guitar, so very easy to record. Like it's all one track. It's it's very simple. It it was it was an incredibly complex, stressful time. Uh, like the first time I ever recorded anything, but. Looking back on it now, like, holy fuck, I wish I was satisfied recording songs the way I recorded them back then, because I'm like, nope, doesn't sound right, doesn't sound right, gotta, gotta do more, gotta do more. <laughs> um, it just means you evolved as a musician, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad thing, but uh, it's time consuming, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I, I think I can relate to that, what if I first started the podcast, I would just slap the intro music on. And just like slap it on the end of the outro. But now like I'm timing uh, the way I do my countdown and everything has to be perfect. Like my uh, two, uh, two episodes ago now with one with my mom, I uh, got found custom entry music for that. I learned more of audacity. I learned how to do like a, uh, um, a fade down or a fade up. And so, ooh, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I um like that episode probably took me two hours to make. Uh, plus then finding uh, art of Blues Clues uh, and then editing it to where it's like it looks exactly like I wanted it. And I get it, man. It's like it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like like audio editing, it, it seems like such a mundane thing, but it's it's a lot. Yeah. And and yeah, editing editing in Audacity. Um, we were we were kind of talking about it before. Uh, before we we got on because because that's where I've been I've been recording recently and it's it's where I recorded the whole 
uh okay so after dreamer boy <laughs> after okay so like i recorded dreamer boy on like uh my my like high school music teacher's macbook really uh yeah, because because yeah. like like he like he just really you know like like he was he believed in me mm-hmm. like like he he was very you know like you want to do music and like most of the people that took the music class just took the music class to like get a free credit yeah so so when there was somebody who's like I want to make music he's like okay I will like foster and like you know enable him and it, exactly yeah. like as much as I can um. There was one day when I was recording and I was just playing guitar and he just walked in and he, he told me that uh, sometimes just hearing me play the guitar makes his whole day and I think about it all the time and it's like Aww. like one of like like core memory you know like like wow it's um, like uh, it it's, it feels so powerful you know it's like someone uh, I assume you probably like looked up to the guy right oh yeah like hugely influential like very like very amazingly talented and just you know very very like inspiring like always very passionate guy just loves mm-hmm. music and, and just just wants to share the love of music and and I, and that and that's kind of like really is really inspirational to me because like that's really what i i make the music for is to share the love of music mm-hmm. and then you know like i if it never uh like if i never blow up like, cause like people, you know, like, like people tell me like, oh man, you're going to blow up one day. And it's like, like, it is very nice to hear and I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. But like, if it doesn't happen, like I'm not, you know, going to be dissatisfied because I still got to make the music and, and that's, and that's cool to me and that's what matters. And then I just got to share how much I loved it. That's you a know? great mindset to have, honestly. I think it, it's uh, the mindset everybody should have about everything they created. Like, like mm-hmm. the way I see it, like if what you're doing doesn't make you smile, why are you doing? It? That's awesome. I do like uh, I do like that quote. I do like that. It, it's just it it, uh, it it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. like I uh, and the music makes me smile. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with the with the podcast. Is like I don't really care if I only have like five or six viewers. I'm doing this because. It's a fun creative outlet for me, you know. Awesome, and it and it's so interesting. Like like just getting to have conversations. Like it's, it's so cool. Like I've I've thought about doing a podcast, and it's it's very cool. I was I was skimming through some of the episodes, and like you're a very you're a very good host. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Hunter. I appreciate of that. I um, very I try to uh, I try to be like a very um, like I don't know. I only know a little. I only know a lot about a little, and so I find it to make me even better host because I ask a lot of questions, and everything. And so, like, whenever, for example, about like music production, uh, and like music in general, I don't know a lot about music, and a lot about like bands. And so, hearing other people talk about it, it makes it makes me feel like I'm learning a lot. But at the same time, I'm also learning about the person because I get to learn about hear about what uh, what makes them, you know. Uh, what am I trying to say? What like makes them interested in stuff? It's, yeah, it's a great experience, you know. It's a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's uh, and this is a a wonderful platform to enable those uh, mm-hmm. those experiences <laughs> for sure. But um, um, so so uh, your high school music teacher uh gave you his laptop. I think that's where we were. 
yeah yeah he he lent me his laptop to record dreamer boy and then sort of over the course of uh the next like two weeks uh i think it was like december 2nd was like mm-hmm. the first day of recording and then december 17th the the day dreamer boy came out that was uh that was the last day of recording like i like he let me take his laptop like to my house oh like, like like this is how how trusting he was of me um and then so after after dreamer boy like like pretty much like i want to say maybe like a month later like i went back and listened to it and i was like well this is really depressing and like i like i didn't really feel that depression because mm-hmm. i was so happy to have made dreamer boy and like i was so proud of having this musical thing but then i listened to it and i was like oh well actually i'm not super happy with dreamer boy itself and like man i wish i didn't just whine for an hour like <laughs> uh so like I, I was like very desperate to just like get another album like done uh and that's kind of where suburban love uh came in okay so <laughs> uh yeah the rise and fall of suburban love like that was the second album that i did and I thought, like, I had a very original title there, and then I apparently had just slapped together a uh, uh, Kevin Abstract album and a David Bowie album, and I was like, yeah, and that's my album name, and I, <laughs> I didn't even, like, really think about it. Like, I hadn't heard either album when I made it. I just, uh, yeah. You just, like, took uh, random inspirations from, like, things you've never heard? Well, yeah, like I, like I, I had, I guess I had heard the song titles or like the album names in passing, mm-hmm. but like I didn't really like consciously know what they were. So I was oh, like, oh, because okay. uh, like, that's kind of what I do a lot. Like, uh, like I'll, you know, I'll just kind of hear some words and I won't really know where they're from. But I'm like, okay, well, those could be a title. Uh, but I, I just, I didn't realize that I was uh, stealing titles at that point. <laughs> <laughs> when did when did you find out that you, uh, your, your titles are, or you were stealing titles? I guess. Um. Well, pretty much, well, after I put out the album, uh, my friend that I went to school with, uh, they were like, oh, a lot of Bowie influence on this one? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, the rise and fall of, like, like Ziggy Stardust? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then like... I went and looked it up, and I'm like, fuck. And then uh, I went and looked up Suburban Love, because I was just curious. And then, yeah, I found the Kevin Abstract album, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now I just lean into it heavily, and I, I I lift titles from stuff all the time, like Twilight Zone episodes and and books and and all sorts of things. I think it's uh, mm. well, cause I, I kind of changed my perspective on it, cause I I used to kind of think of it as you know like lazy, but then like when I did the August trilogy and all those albums are like mostly Harmless is named after the Douglas Adams book, the last book in mm-hmm. the uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, and then. Uh, Pulp was named after Charles Bukowski's Pulp. And it's also, and the ro- um, oh, go on, sorry. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Uh, and then The Rum Diary was named after Henry S. Thompson's book. Um, so yeah, like, I've kind of very much just leaned into the naming things after what's inspired the, the things that I've made and whatnot, you know? I think it makes it a lot better, because, um, it's almost like you're, uh, you're paying homage and you, like, know it as well. Yeah. yeah it makes everything uh, feel nicer. Yeah, that's kind of what I want, and also I think it's a, it's a nice way to kind of carry those pieces of art forward mm-hmm. um, to kind of get more eyes on them, because things will be, you know, like, I feel like there's a lot of things that uh, 
like like books and and songs and and whatnot and it might be forgotten one day that I really feel like shouldn't be and if you know interpolating them into my music is how I can carry them forward uh for other people to go and find them then that's how I'll do it you know I think that's a really nice way of, of like going about it because it, it feels like a, it's very personal to you you know and it almost feels like every album is like an encapsulation of I'm probably probably being way too like way too like abstract and like uh what am I trying to say just like I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say. basically what I'm trying to say is like it feels like it's very not only personal to you but it's like these people that are these people and these artists that have inspired you to I guess make this music and uh, to kind of um it's a way of encapsulating is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's absolutely what I'm going for. Like, uh, that's a very good way of putting it. Like, uh, like I feel like with each album, I, I'm just trying to uh, encapsulate not only the album itself, but everything that made the album happen. You know? Oh, so like the, it's like the journey itself. Uh, yeah, like with like within the and it's it's uh, it's a very I'm always just trying to whatever's happening in that moment in my life like and that's and that's sort of the the really interesting thing with all the albums is i can i can always go back and listen to them and i and i can i can pinpoint like like what's happening in my life at that point like i because i don't really uh, like a i don't have like a there's a paul mccartney interview i read and he was talking about how like he doesn't really have a journal like he, like he couldn't go back and like read like oh this is what happened on this day but but he's got his songs and and I I kind of have like the exact same thing and it really kind of it made me look at it from a very interesting perspective because uh, yeah like like really looking at pretty much any song that I've written like I can I can look back and I can see like where I was that day and it's it's very fascinating. So it's like a journal. That's so cool. That's really cool. Oh my god. Yeah, almost. Um, like a like a noise journal. <laughs> <laughs> a noise journal. It's like like a podcast, but for your ears. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 more rhythmic because, mm-hmm. well, and and that just comes down to, um, you know the the method of expression because mm-hmm. uh just you know like and you know the way that i choose to do it is just more uh i don't even know what the word is um profound maybe 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 um how would you describe it i don't know like uh because it's (laughs) (laughs) all good we can come back after you for once yeah maybe i i just because I do have uh, some questions of my own for you. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, I just want to kind of uh, be conscious of time. We're at 57 minutes. I have a few things that oh, I want to know. Yeah, wait, isn't it kind of crazy? We talked for 50, like 57 yeah, minutes. Yeah, time, time flies. It, it doesn't feel like it's been 57 minutes at all. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember uh, one of your album art, uh, I think it was the one that was mostly harmless with your pink flamingo. Was that used in something else without your permission? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, there was this guy. His name, Waco the Child. Um, he he put out this album in like September of 2019, 
It's called Miscreant. And this this came out like without September, uh like six months after mm-hmm. uh after Mostly Harmless would have come out. But the album cover for Mostly Harmless was shot August fourth, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So for literally almost an entire year before this dude's album came out, my album cover has been circulating the internet. And also, when you googled me, it, it not that you know very many people were googling me, but like even when you googled "Grandpa died last week" and whatever, like that was the picture that came up. It was me on the flamingo. It, like it, it mm-hmm. absolutely made its rounds through the internet. So, I have a really hard time believing that this guy didn't see it. He had to have seen um, it. He had to have yeah. seen it. Um, but yeah, there was just one day where uh, my friend messaged me and, and just sent me uh, the Miscreant album cover and was like, Hey, doesn't this look kind of familiar to you? <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, uh, for two months I I sat there and called him out on the internet and just waited, and then one day I got a, like a DM from his manager and and then like asked for my number and like we we text back and forth a bit and then we have a phone call where he basically is just like, no, uh, we didn't steal it. Like we totally get like why, why you think that we did? What? Wait, they didn't steal it? Wait, but it was the exact image, right? literally like i faded the two over top of each other and like oh my god you can literally just see like it's it's so and he changed the album cover since too um which i think is is the biggest tell um because why the fuck would you change the album cover to an album like like exactly because it was almost a year after uh this thing happened that i went to go look and the album cover was different so it's like but when i looked like six months before i like i swear to god it was still the same so oh my god so like literally there was just one point where he's just like oh i gotta change it i guess like it's so weird to me um but yeah they basically just told me like they were in the supermarket one day and they saw the flamingo and they they just sort of had the idea they were like oh man i'll just i'll just throw it in the in the whatever and and no like the most <laughs> the mostly harmless cover the only reason the flamingo's on the ground is because i realized the pool i bought was too small <laughs> oh <laughs> Oh, I can so, see your I can see your feet are just like resting the pool right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I feel like him changing the album cover is just the biggest tell that, that he 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 knew he saw it, and because I didn't have like a big following, and he had that song that blew up on like he had that fast song that blew up on TikTok or whatever. So mm-hmm. like he he had the numbers, so it's not like anybody's gonna fucking, you know see it if i'm like dude dude excuse me (laughs) hello so (laughs) this is mine so what ended up coming of that with the phone call of you the manager um he well he asked me if i was like like they offered me tickets to like his show in toronto um but then like like pretty much like like told me that like you know understand why you think it's stolen didn't steal it uh but like we'll fly out to Toronto and we'll like make it up to you and whatever and uh, but then well well they're like how close are you to Toronto and I was like oh like you know like like a flight away like a like a good mm-hmm. distance away never heard back that was like the end of it 
You're kidding me. So you didn't even, you didn't even get to go see a show? No. No, That's like literally like yeah, like cuz you know, they realized it was going to cost them something to like actually get me out there and they're like, "Oh, well, if it's not just a hop skip and a jump away for him, then god like, damn, why you, bother?" You got, you got screwed over there, bro. Not only did, did they steal First of all, I I think it's my favorite album cover of the Hunter Hart oh, project. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh I have to agree. For for me it's that one or it's the it's the Kleptomaniac cover. Just the way you do your album covers, it feels so it feels so uh indie and uh, well, it, it feels it feels like so god, I I don't know, I'm I'm struggling to find the words for it, but it's it's so unique. And it's Thank so you. you. I think it's the simplest way I can put it. Especially Kleptomaniac. That's always what I'm going for. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want the album to just be me, and that's how I am right now, you know? But um, I think I have a few more questions of you about, uh, for you yeah. before you go. Yeah, um, of course. I would like to know, this is kind of something I ask every single guest, I would like to know, how did the COVID-19 pandemic affect you and your hobbies? Oh, man. Well, on okay, so, like, I started work, like, I became an essential worker, like, pretty much, like, right at the beginning of the mm-hmm. pandemic, like... So it didn't really change a whole lot for me, honestly. Like, I, I never, I never had the uh, like the quarantine phase, you know. Really? So you just you had to keep going out? Yeah, like I worked the whole time. Like, uh, like uh, the first time I was unemployed during the entire pandemic was October of of twenty twenty one. Like, I I tried to quit that job like three times, and yeah, I just I didn't get out until just a few months ago um but yeah like uh because at that point like like when the pandemic hit i i had already started the blunt force trauma stuff like because uh, mm-hmm. pretty much uh, i think it was like february 7th it was the day kleptomaniac came out uh was the day that i decided it was the last hunter heart out um i was just like Okay, I'm done. I I, I want something new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. And like I'd been sitting on like the Blunt Force Trauma as like a name. Like I'd wanted to do Hunter Hart and the Blunt Force Trauma as like an album, but just the longer the Blunt Force Trauma permeated as like a project name in my brain, I was like, it's it's more than just an album. Like it's it's got to be a thing. But I I don't want my band to be Hunter Hart and the uh, you know like mm-hmm. I I don't I don't need that. I, I don't want my band to just be like I don't, I don't want to be the face of anything I, I want the band to eventually be at a point where it's like the band where everybody just sort of there's multiple people contributing and it's it's just one big friendly thing um mm-hmm. but yeah like uh because I was already at a point where I was just recording from home uh like I had all the instruments at home and, and I just got my MIDI keyboard so like, like, really, uh, it just kind of gave me more time because I didn't have to go to school anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it opened up my mornings. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most normal answer I, don't, I think I've ever gotten. Because I've never uh, interviewed anybody that was just, like, an essential worker. They were, like, they had to keep, like, just doing their normal thing. How did that, how did that feel for you? 
Oh, it, it, honestly, I hated it because, like, well, because, all, like, all I wanted was to be one of the people who got to stay home all the time and just, like, there was no... Because the way I saw it is, like, nobody expected anything of you at that point, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you just got to do what you wanted. Um, and all I wanted was that. But yeah. I had to go out and work, and all I saw was people complain about how, like, oh, I want to go back to work, and oh, I want to be out, and it's like, like, literally, I would tell people, it's like, I got a shift tonight, do you, do you want to, t- I'll give you my <laughs> uniform, do you want to take it? Like, and, and like, they wouldn't want that. Be- and like, that's what I thought, like, yeah. you don't actually, like, it's so, so yeah, like, I, I felt gypped, you know? <laughs> like, fair, fair. <laughs> Because uh, it was it was the first time that like literally there was nothing and there, like there was nothing expected of you and, and I just I didn't get to be on that side and I I, I wanted it so bad. Um, I feel like uh, but um... you, you know like I understand like because like it was very detrimental on, on a lot of people and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I would like to stay home. <laughs> See as. As like I was entering the pandemic, that was kind of whenever I was transitioning away from like uh, from a lot of different people in my life, and I uh, was in my freshman year of uh, of college, and I had okay. to come home, and I had to come home all the way back to Arizona from Texas. Oh man! Yeah, so I um, it was it was a really weird period because spring break turned into I was just directly the school break, uh, like you know one week turned into two and two turned into a month. And all of a sudden they're telling us school is going online. I'm like, my stuff's still at school. And they're like, well, I mean, cause I can't fly out there because you know, all the airlines are shutting down. Yeah. So, so what'd you do? I, uh, I picked up a few hobbies. I, uh, first thing I did was, um, <clears throat> during that time, um, I still finished, I finished up school and then that's when I, my hobby started hitting me. I made, um, a lot more creative stuff. I like made a uh, gunpla, like a uh, gun models and everything. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So I continued that. Uh, I really got back into things that I loved back in my childhood, which was like Mega Man, and everything. Mm. Um, and so uh, I uh, met the people in the Mega Man Battle Network community that uh, made custom Game Boys and custom handhelds, and they helped teach me how to solder everything. Oh shit, for real. Yeah. So I ended up making uh custom Game Boys for a while. I'll send you a few pictures after we're uh, we're done here. Uh, oh, cause, absolutely. Cuz I think you're really going to like these cuz I made um custom Game Boys for like some friends. Uh that was like one of us going on dating apps. I would advertise that. And I actually had a few people swipe right and say, "Hey, um so how much for for a custom Game Boy?" And I was like, "Shit. <laughs> shit. Um <laughs> It's, it's, it was kind of a real thing for a while, you know. It was great. Oh man, that's awesome! Like fuck, like once, uh, once I've got some some money again, I might uh, I might have to invest in a custom Game Boy because dude, they're worth it, one hundred percent. Yeah, like like Game Boy Advanced or oh like... yeah, I've done um I've done colors. Only one I haven't done is the is micro and the original because those are a little bit more niche. But I've done color, advanced, SP. Uh, pretty much anything, you know. Like what? What do you? What do you? Uh, custom like just the shells and stuff? Oh, not just the shells. I've done the screens. Uh, I think the most advanced thing I've done for somebody is I've installed a headphone jack into the SP for them. Uh, and I've installed Bluetooth audio as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy stuff, dude. Oh my god. 
Um, I think my favorite mod I've done is one for um, one for my own that I ended up selling. Uh, it's I'll send you a picture afterwards. It's this custom uh, Mega Man Game Boy. Uh, where I got some etched glass uh, with uh, some logos on kind of the sides. I got a custom shell. Um, there was a Mega Man Game Boy released uh, back in like 04 or something like that that had a custom sticker on the back. I got a reprint of the sticker. I put that on the back. And on top of that, I uh, made it uh, to be wirelessly charged as well. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Holy that... fuck. There was a point in time where I knew the... Um, schematics and the uh, motherboard pin layout for the uh, Game Boy Advance like by heart and I oh can tell you what each thing God. did crazy stuff <laughs> that's so fucking cool thank you I've wanted to get into that stuff so badly but like I just I have no clue where to even begin with it you oh, know I can tell you where to begin because that's exactly what my thought was I don't know where to begin but I found it best to find a project that you want to do and something that you'll use for yourself everything noted yeah and Noted. By, by the way, like a soldering iron is like 20 bucks. It's really cheap. Uh, oh, that's it? Yeah, it's like, it's really, really cheap. I have some more expensive tools. Um, like I invested in like a wireless soldering iron. Um, everything. I invested in like this, uh, this weird like octopus arms. I forget what they're called, but it holds um, uh, PCBs in place, everything. And so I'll send you, I, I got to send you pictures of, of this stuff because I had some. Yeah. I think you'll really like them everything oh man that's fucking that's so awesome thank you but um yeah that's kind of what i got into over the pandemic and i i oh, played man, a, a shit play a shit ton of xenoblade as well oh yeah oh, my God. xenoblade definitive edition came out i put 100 hours easily into that in two weeks oh so, holy shit yeah holy i um shit. i think my favorite memory was uh because i've been waiting for the definitive edition for like, a long time as soon as the as soon as it announced i was like i'm getting some release I told my mom whenever I was home, I was like, hey, mom, I'm going to let you know, you're not going to see me for a few days. Uh, I'm going to be in my room playing this. And I legit, I played it for like maybe 10 hours straight the first uh, first day I got it. And my mom oh, brought in man. food for me and everything. It was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's so sweet. But oh, um, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Legends RCS recently. Yeah. Dude, I love that game. How, like, how, uh, how is it for you? Oh, it's it's delightful. I uh, the actually Pokemon like I've consistently played Pokemon through like the entire pandemic. It was uh, oh man, it was <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, because I graduated like high school uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like like uh, my last day of school was just like a random Wednesday because yeah. like it was like super like before schools and everything got shut down. There was just. There was this one day where this kid in my one class, like, he told me that one of his coworkers tested positive. And I was oh. like, oh, that's terrifying. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to not leave the house anymore for a bit. And then I thought, like, you know, because it was, it was before spring break, but I, I was of the mindset that, like, school would be back after mm. this week. You know, I would just take, a, a, like, a slightly extended spring break on the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh and no, then I was at work. Uh this is when I still worked at A and W, um, before I got laid off. Uh and uh and yeah, no, like all of a sudden my boss just comes in and, and she's like, Hey, you're done school. And I'm like, What? She's like, Yeah, they shut him down. 
What? Wait, so like you heard about school shutting down for your boss? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh like, my literally, god. And then I was just like, like, I, like it was online classes, but the thing is, uh, they couldn't fail you on the online classes. Yeah. So I was just, I was guaranteed my graduation. So it was like, oh man, grade 12 was a cakewalk. Oh, you are so lucky. You're so lucky. My senior year was terrible. It was the best year the pandemic could have hit for me was in my grade 12 year. Like, I could not have been luckier. Oh my god. So, so like, you just kind of chilled the rest of the year and everything? Yeah, like, fucking... You know, I I did my assignments online, and May came, and uh, I got my diploma in the mailbox. Like, <laughs> so anticlimactic to think about. In- incredibly, like I like mentally, I never graduated. You know, you're but, still like there. I, 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 I never had the ceremony or the anything. Like, I I was just done school one day. It was it was weird, but uh, but yeah, I remember like uh, when I. Like, like, I got my diploma or whatever, and I was like, well, I'm done. I graduated. <laughs> that was it? You just, you're, you're done, you know? I, uh, I was like, all right, Mom. Uh, well, I guess, I, I guess, you know, I need a grad present. I'm done school now. Sauce me your credit card real quick. I bought Pokemon Crystal on my 3DS for $14. The best purchase of all time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, three days later, I'm sitting there in the car. I'm, like, showing my mom, like, my party in the game. I'm like, look at these funky dudes. And she's like, why does the game look like that? I'm like, because it's 20 years old. She's like, you took my credit card to buy a 20-year-old video game? Hell yeah, you did. I'm like, absolutely. Well, what, what else would I do? So, but, I, I... Go on, sorry. Go on. Oh, no, I was yeah. going to say, but yeah, like, like yeah, Pokemon's been, uh, been very prevalent through the entire uh, pandemic for me. I think... I had a moment in in the pandemic where I was playing a shit ton of uh, Sword and Shield. Like I completed the Pokedex in that game. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, because it, it felt just so. It's such a great distraction from everything, you know. Mm. And it was like something I could do with like just a few other people I met online and everything. And actually, funny story. Um, during the pandemic, that's when I picked up Valorant and everything. Okay. And on Valorant, I met. Um, two of like my greatest friends i have to this day and i've actually met uh one of them in person oh man that's so cool i like i uh, met him on voice chat one day and because um, he, he like had an auto clicker to pick his agent and i just started talking to him after that and he lived like an hour from me and like last um last christmas whenever i went home or last summer when i when i went home um i just met up with them and everything it was so cool you know That's so awesome <laughs> dude it's so cool meeting people that uh you meet online like it's 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 such a cool experience mm-hmm. like this this whole podcast episode has felt so surreal because i've only heard your voice in music and everything and it's so much fun yeah, talking to you you know it's so much fun talking to you yeah like I figure we should do this more often. For sure, because I, I, uh, I, we're we're here, uh, kind of coming to the end here. But I want to. I think in the future, I want to hear more about the full, complete Hunter Heart story. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> You'll definitely. Uh, yeah, you can get some, some, yeah. some off the record details and, and stories and whatnot. Oh yeah. 
So, before we go, Hunter, do you have any socials you want to plug or anything? Yeah, actually, and uh, I guess if this is coming out uh, for March 4th, it'll be, it'll be Bandcamp Friday when this comes out, so... That means artists on Bandcamp make 100% uh, of their of their proceeds on on Bandcamp sales and whatnot. So if uh, if you check out the Blunt Force Trauma on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to music, and you like those tunes and you want to kick us some some extra little support uh go to www.bandcamp.com slash the blunt force trauma and and uh check out all the all the sweet stuff we got there we got a bunch of extra little demos and stuff that don't exist anywhere else for sure thank you so much for coming on hunter again this is awesome having you on it feels so surreal Oh my god, thank you so much for having me. Like like literally it's it's so I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. It's been it's been such a such a pleasure. Of course, pleasure's all mine, honey. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for tuning in to the Goopy and Company broadcast. Uh, I am Jonathan Smart and this is Hunter Hart. Hunter Hart. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your evening. Take care, y'all.